As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. I'm just sitting here with our home group laughing together. We're having a good time and we've been waiting for you, my dear friend. And tonight it's me and Denise and Joel, and I have to say, maximum Maxime. You know, I read your comments every day when I get up, and yesterday somebody wrote, go Renner team and maximum Maxime. Thank we have a new so name much. for you, Maxime. Thank you so much, I like it a lot, thank you. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honored because I, very often, you know, English is not my native language, I have to learn it and I'm self-taught and I know I make mistakes and even though I make mistakes, there's some people who like me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. It makes me to be very thankful and very happy. Thank you, friends. And I have to say, I am just happy to be with you. It's very good to be with you guys and study the Word of God. We're gonna have fun tonight because we're gonna talk about more powerful women from the Bible. And doesn't your mother look beautiful to me? She does. In that lavender, Denise, that's so, you just look like a flower. Well, thank you, Rick. And home group, I'm so glad you're with us. We're just having a great time studying about powerful women. I just love the subject. And tonight we're going to be looking at a woman who gave her living room to Jesus. Mm. It's amazing what happens when you just give to Jesus whatever you have. All she had was a living room. And when she gave her living room to Jesus, it is amazing what happened in her living room. And in fact, I have a whole series at our ministry website called Upper Room Realities. One day we were in Jerusalem. You know, when you live in Moscow, you're really close to everything. For example, Cairo is about two hours. Tel Aviv is about two hours. Uh, Istanbul, maybe an hour 45, Rome about two hours, Athens a little less than two hours. It's just all right here. And actually it was Terry Pearsons who said, Rick, you live so close to all those places, you should do stand-ups for us to show us all these places that most people will never get to go to. So thank you, Sister Terry Pearsons. She's one of our dearest friends. But anyway, we were in Jerusalem and we were hanging around around the upper room doing some film stand-ups for a program on communion. And I just got to thinking of all the things that happened in the upper room. That upper room appears in the Bible over and over and over. And I thought, you know what? This was a special living room and it was a living room. So I decided to do a whole series called Upper Room Realities and Bow. Wow, you ought to get it. It is a great series. But anyway, today we're going to talk about the woman who gave her living room to Jesus. But it's in a whole series called 10 Powerful Women. And the study guide is free. Please go to renner.org and download this. We make them free for you. And we put a lot of work into these because we want you to be able to really study the Bible. We're believing for a revival of the Bible. And it comes with a full series, 10 parts, 10 powerful women. And we talk about Eve, Noah's wife, Sarah, Jezebel, Bathsheba, Esther, Mary, Mary Magdalene. Tonight we're going to look at Mary, the mother of John Mark. And tomorrow, Priscilla, who was the first woman preacher in the Bible. Anyway, get yours by going to renner.org. And right now we're also offering you the book called All the Women of the Bible. I didn't write it. 
but it's such a helpful resource that I want you to have it. And you can order it at renner.org. It is wonderful. It covers more than 400 named and unnamed women in the Bible. And right now, I want to remind you that you can order our autobiography called Unlikely. Unlikely. Denise, is it unlikely that we're here doing what we're doing? Unlikely. But God just loves to choose unlikely folks. And that's who we were. We know us. And we know how unlikely we are to do what we're doing. But God chooses unlikely people. He calls them and anoints them by His Spirit. And really, if you look at the people God used in the Bible, they were all unlikely. And that's why God wants to use you. You're unlikely. So you're the one that God wants to use. You are the candidate. He's just waiting for you to say, if you want me, here I am. Yes. Amen. Anyway, we're glad that you're with us. And tonight we're going to dive right into the Bible to see the woman who gave her living room to Jesus. Are you ready, Denise? Well, not yet. All right. Okay. I want to say, if you are a partner with our ministry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your, your money, your prayers, your gifts, they mean so much to, the, to us. And what God is doing, what God has called us to do, and I believe that you joined hands by giving and praying for us. You've joined hands with us to do this work. So thank you so very much. And I want to offer to you my book called Who Stole Cinderella? And you might say, well, why did you call it Who Stole Cinderella? Well, I watched the fairy tale Cinderella so many times when I was a little girl. And I really believed that when I got married, I was going to be a princess and I was going to marry Prince Charming. And you did. And I married Prince Charming. He swept me off my feet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, But life does happen. And I'm sure, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Life happens. Problems happen. Offenses come, and we have to find Cinderella again. So uh, this is what this book is about, and uh, being strong as a woman, strong as uh, even a single woman. This is very encouraging for single women also. If you are about to get married, I wish I had this book before I got married. And if you just want your marriage to just be stronger and sweeter, order this book. And you know, Denise has been teaching a women's ministry for years. And honey, how many women have participated? I mean, it's thousands of women. It is thousands. And all the women who participate are called Cinderella's. Isn't that fun? Anyway, grab your Bibles, guys, and go to Acts 1, verse 13. Are you ready? And when you come to Acts 1, verse 13, Jesus has said to the disciples and to his followers, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And in Acts 1, 13, it says, And when they were come in, they went up into and what? Upper room. Upper room. And the word upper room in Greek literally means the highest part of the house. That's why it's called the upper room. The upper rooms are upper story of a house. Usually it was the largest open space in ancient homes. And if you were wealthy, you had a very large upper room. Well, in Jerusalem, there was a very wealthy woman, and it seems that she was a widow. She had a young boy whose name was John Mark. 
she had a brother whose name was Barnabas. And here again we see Barnabas. It was Barnabas who went and got Paul and brought him to the church in Antioch. It was John Mark who ended up writing the Gospel of Mark and he was the secretary for the Apostle Peter. And later it was Paul who in 2 Timothy chapter 4 said, pick up Mark and bring him with me. He's profitable to me for the ministry. And Mary was his mother and this was her living room. And you can really visit it. And when you go visit it today, it really is the very living room where all of this took place. Now, it's been refashioned and remodeled over many, many centuries, but the last time it was remodeled was in the 14th century. So it's been quite a while since it's been touched. It's really amazing, and it is authentic. But let's look at this. I want to show you the different places in the Bible where this room shows up. But let's go to Acts 12, 12, where the Bible identifies it as the house of Mary. And when he had considered the thing, Peter has just been supernaturally released from prison. He came to the house of Mary. And notice it says the house. In Greek, it has a definite article. It was the house. It was the meeting place for believers in the city of Jerusalem. It wasn't just the house of Mary. It was the house. Notice he knew exactly where believers would be gathered because it was the central gathering place. You know why? Because Mary had surrendered her home and God occupied her living room. And she was the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and many were gathered there praying together. But let's talk about all the events that took place in her living room. What about your living room? Maybe because of your family situation, you can't give your living room to Jesus, you can't have people over. But what do you have that Jesus would like to occupy? Maybe you have a talent that you can give. Maybe you have time that you can give. Whatever you give, Denise, Jesus will occupy it. Yes, he will. Rick, I have a friend right now and that's been very, very sick for a year. And she's given her living room to minister to other people, even though she's been sick, really sick. But she, she gathers herself. She invites people over for tea. She preaches to them. She prays for them. She has a huge gift of hospitality. Just I, like I believe this lady has a huge gift of hospitality. And she opened up her home for the power of God to operate in her home. And that's what my friend has done. That's amazing. Well, let's look at some of the instances where Jesus and things happened in this room. John 13, Jesus served the disciples communion. That happened in her living room. She was there. And her young boy named John Mark was there watching all of this. You know, sometimes parents say, Oh, I don't want to overload my kids with too much ministry and burn them out on the church. Well, hey, this young boy grew up in the presence of Jesus. He grew up around Jesus' disciples. He grew up among these legendary characters and in the presence of ministry, 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 because his mother, who was a widow, surrendered her living room. It did not negatively affect her son. He was transformed. He entered into the ministry at a young age because he grew up in such a fabulous environment where ministry was taking place. John Mark was probably there with his mother standing on the side observing as Jesus served communion. And then that same night he saw Jesus and she saw Jesus wash the feet of the disciples. 
Maybe Barnabas was there. They might have all been there because Mary was wealthy and this was the place where everybody met. In John chapters 14, 15, and 16, three chapters, in the same upper room, there in her living room, Jesus taught about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, we read it in three chapters, but you guys, it's likely that was a very, very lengthy teaching. For hours, Jesus taught them about the ministry of the Holy Spirit as they sat in that room, and I'm sure that Mary and John Mark, probably Barnabas, were all there listening. In John 17, we find out in the same living room, Jesus prayed his most famous prayer, his great high priestly prayer that is recorded in John chapter 17. Many people think he prayed that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not. He prayed it in Mary's living room. All of these events occurred in her living room. Or how about in John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples. The disciples were afraid they were going to be arrested and be crucified just like Jesus had been, so they were hiding for fear of the Jews. That's what the Bible says. Where were they hiding? In Mary's living room. That's where they went. It's where they hung out. It was their, in Russian you said Totchka. It was their meeting place where they all gathered and Jesus knew where to find them. And Jesus came there and it was in that room in John 20, verse 22, that Jesus breathed into them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The first people to ever be born again were born again in that living room. Is that amazing? And by the way, we don't know who else was there that day. There might have been others there. It might have been the very moment when she was born again. That might be when John, Mark, and Barnabas were born again. We don't know. But they were all there. And Jesus said, plural, receive ye the Holy Ghost. People were born again for the very first time in her living room. Why? Because she volunteered, surrendered it to Jesus. Okay, how about Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. The disciples gathered in that living room after the ascension and waited for the promise of the Father. And the Bible tells us there was a group of 120 that were in that room. Well, Maxime, you know, we've been to that room many times. You could accommodate more than 120 people. Yes. And what's amazing, she gave that living room to Jesus. And to this day, Jesus is using that room. When you are there, it is filled with Christians from around the world that are worshiping, people that are having hands laid on them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to this day. 2,000 years later, God is still occupying that room. It's amazing, isn't it? In fact, when we filmed our stand-ups there, we had to stop because there were so many people speaking in tongues so loudly, being filled with the Holy Spirit in Mary's living room to this day. In Acts 1, 4-5, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Then Acts 1, 15 to 26, that's where they went. That's where they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 1, 15 to 26, that is where Matthias was chosen to be an apostle to replace Judas Iscariot. That happened in her living room. This is amazing. Or how about Acts 2, 1 to 4? We've already seen that is where the Holy Spirit descended on the day of Pentecost. 
how would you guys like to have Pentecost in your living room? Can you imagine being able to say, oh yeah, I remember Pentecost. It happened in my house. It happened in my living room. Why? Because she surrendered it. This was a powerful woman. And Denise, she didn't even know she was being powerful. She just had a living room. Or how about Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 41. The Bible says they were meeting together for a prayer meeting. Guess where it was happening? In the house. It was happening in Mary's living room. And the power of God descended into that room. And the Bible says the house shook. And the Greek word means to waver. The house physically moved because the power of God came so strong into that room that Mary volunteered. Or how about Acts chapter 12, which we've already seen. Peter went there when he was released from prison. That's Acts 12, verse 12. He went to an upper room. It was the house of Mary, who was the mother of John Mark, and who was the sister of Barnabas. All of them were exposed to Jesus. They were exposed to all of the apostles. They were exposed to ministry, to the power of God, to the teaching of the word because of one woman's decision. You know, she could have said, you know what? I love Jesus, but this is my house and you know, I have limitations. I, I don't want my house filled with people. But she gave her living room and Jesus just practically moved in with his group. It became the base for their ministry. It became the base of Christian ministry for three centuries. It was the focal point for believers in Jerusalem. Wow. Simply because one woman said, I have something Jesus can use, my living room. It seems, I mean, it just seems so simple. But think how many people say, oh, but if I have people to my house, I've got to clean and it's got to look so right and oh, it's just so difficult. Well, you know, you have to make a trade-off. And I'm sure that Mary may have had those thoughts. But she made a decision, this is how I can serve. It's the only way I know how to serve. So Jesus, this is what I have, you can use it. And she became a powerful, powerful woman and didn't even know she was being powerful, Denise. Well, Rick, while you're talking about her, I'm thinking about Esther because it's about surrender. She surrendered her living room. She surrendered her rights to have her privacy, like you said. And, and, but in her surrendering, she has amazing things happen in her life, in her children's life. And it's so powerful when we just say, God, whatever it is that I have. You can use it. Whatever it is that I can do. I agree with you. Amen. Joel? And Mama, while you're saying these things, I was remembering how Jesus couldn't perform miracles in his own hometown because he was not accepted. That's mm. true. Jesus will go where he's accepted. And if you accept him, he'll come and enter your house. He'll come and enter your life. He will. He'll do miracles beyond your imagination. I'm sure Mary saw and heard things she never thought she would ever see just because she gave a space to Jesus. Oh, that mm. is so good. Maxime, any comments? Yeah, we, we need to give to the Lord anything we can give. Then we, can, we will see Him moving. Amen. 
Well, hey, we are just barely touching what's in the programs. Denise and I did these programs together, but I want you to have the download. It's free. Ten Powerful Women. This is just a little fake version that we show you on Home Group. The real thing is huge. It is so filled with material. You will devour it, and you can get the series that goes with it. But please remember to let us know how to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We're praying for you anyway. Every day, every morning, every evening, all day long, our team is praying for you. But when you tell us how to pray, we're more effective. We pray intelligently when we know how to pray for you. So give us a call or send us your email, and we're going to begin to release our prayer, and God's going to answer us, and He's going to show you great and mighty things. But we'll see you tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, guys, we're going to talk about the first woman preacher in the Bible. Good. It's going to be good. See you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.